0: It's The In Show, Australia's only show dedicated to innovation from Adelaide, Australia and across the globe. Hi, this is Troy and
1: David, and today we're chatting about one of your great loves, the Adelaide Crows, David.
2: Well, Troy, you knew I'd find a way to get the Crows on our show. Today we're chatting with Nick McArdle, General Manager of Strategy and Projects for the Adelaide Football Club.
1: G'day, Nick. Tell us about this new era in AFL footy. When was the moment the footy club started thinking it's not enough to just have a well-performing team and have people attending the matches?
0: Well, I think that sport over the last 10, 20 years has grown significantly. And as part of that growth, um, particularly for the Adelaide Football Club, we've moved from just focusing on winning games to becoming a corporation in some ways. Um, You know, we're a small, medium enterprise now that needs to run the business of large public interest in a way that a lot of large corporations do with the same level of governance and public interest. So um, in terms of my role, my role is the general manager of strategy and projects at the club, traditionally a role that football clubs haven't had. But um, if I use the Adelaide Crows um, as an example, if you break down the business side of a football club, you have sponsorship, you have membership, you have merchandising and you have an AFL distribution, which is part of the broadcast deal that's then distributed back to the clubs. The Adelaide Football Club is a really well-run club with a fantastic supporter base. We've got 600,000 supporters and we've got over 70,000 members. What that means is we're the highest attended team in Australian sport on average across the last three years. So from a membership business, which is a major part of your portfolio, there's Uh, limited ability to grow revenue in that respect because you've got the physical constraint of a stadium size and there's a price and volume piece and there's only so much you can turn the price up. As far as sponsorship goes, sports really trended away from let's sponsor the football club because the chairman likes football. They're becoming an important piece of a marketing spend as a vector into the hearts and minds of the supporters of our club. Because they care a lot about our club and therefore if you support us as a brand, our supporters will be more likely to engage favourably with your brand and, and
2: buy your products. Could you even have imagined you know, years ago that a role like this would be something that you would come into as part of your career? Or is this it, it something that's just all of a sudden evolved and you've gone, oh, I really want to get into this? Yeah, look, it's a really good question.
0: I, um, you know, know, careers are are funny things. I certainly didn't have a 10-year plan to get to this point, but I'm very, very happy that I'm at this point. For me, I was always really enjoyed business, really interested in business, really interested in business from innovation, strategy, mergers and acquisitions, process improvement, the full spectrum so I found, for me personally, it didn't really matter what industry I was in. I worked in defence, utilities, agribusiness. Each of them had their nuances and unique ways and unique cultural identities, and, and, and all of them I found fascinating. And I think, for me, what then happened is a fantastic opportunity came up because of all of the history and the hard work and, the, I suppose, the, the passion that South Australia has for football and particularly the Adelaide Football Club. And the opportunity to take a field of interest of which I was passionate about, but then in an industry which I'm also passionate about, those two things collectively have made it awesome and something that I'm really I feel quite privileged to be in this position and and I'm really loving the role. Mm -hmm. So you're expanding into things like uh, eSports, for example. How did that come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners that aren't aware of what eSports is, eSports is effectively competitive computer gaming. So um, with, with the, obviously the internet becoming more and more endemic um, and games already existing, eSports became a thing that people were able to compete with others anywhere in the world in their chosen games. The way that it came to be is like most businesses do, they have innovation pipelines, they have ways of harvesting a whole range of ideas and, and different things that we could go into. Adelaide Football Club is no different. We had an executive retreat, there were probably 200 different new lines of business that we were looking at. We went through a prioritisation piece on how big are they, how much sense does it make for us to be in this space, all of the things that you'd expect that we would look at. Um, And esports progressed up and, and was one of the many areas that we wanted to look at. I suppose it's a long process from when the idea came to when we actually did something in the space. Just say that there was five things that we wanted to look at from those 200 and that were the most immediate and most high priority. Esports presented as an industry that was, was in sport, regardless of you want to call it a sport or not. That's mm-hmm. a separate okay. debate altogether. Yeah. But uh, most evidence suggested there were 1.5 million Australians that were primarily young that were very interested in esports. Most reports suggested significant growth in the industry. PricewaterhouseCoopers, Coopers, you know, reputed brands like Price Waterhouse Coopers were anticipating 20 to 30% global
2: growth in it. So, yeah, we, we were just really interested in it for those reasons. And so, it's also, as you mentioned, a way to engage the fans that aren't. Easy to get to. Um, it's it's like a marketing exercise as well, and you know, in a sense, because it's pulling these people into the crows' kind of ethos. I suppose is it is that sort of one of the one of the the points there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, um, if you looked at the age profile of our membership base from naught to hundred, obviously at a hundred it peter's away because they're you know probably much earlier than a hundred. They're no <laughs> longer able to be attending games, but. From 0 to 6 years old, you generally have a reasonable representation. Not many 0-year-olds are coming Mm -hmm. to football, but 4- and 6-year-olds and 7- and 8 as well, even up until about 12 or 13, because they're coming with their parents. But then life happens. Kids uh, have got many, many options. They've got careers, they've got jobs, they've got um, girlfriends, they've got Netflix, um, the internet more broadly, gaming... Sport, all of the things that would take away from their time. So the traditional path is they then drop away between 16 to 28 and then at 28 to 30 and onwards they re-engage with football. So we saw esports as a really wonderful thing in its own right but also as a way to continue on that narrative. When life is happening, they can associate favourably with the Adelaide Football Club. And are you the only AFL club that is doing esports? At this stage, to my knowledge, we are. Obviously, we made a reasonably big impact announcing our interest. Mm. Um, The AFL themselves are investigating eSports and there's been a a reasonable amount of press on that recently, considering using Etihad as a potential eSports venue. Who knows if they'll do something more more meaningful than that. Uh, Recently, a group called Bastion have acquired an eSports team playing in League of Legends um, and they've got other teams as well. Um, and Bastion is a sports consultancy with lots of sports people involved with it and really deeply connected into the Australian and global sporting landscape. So um, in a way, that they're, they're a sporting team looking at it. And I think every sporting conference you go to or ev- everyone is a- now in sport is aware of what esports is. And so everyone has investigated it to some extent but the Adelaide Football Club was in a good position for all of those things that I mentioned earlier, that the traditional business was going well, our on-field performance was great, all those types of things. We could do something like this, mm-hmm. but some of them are, are either not interested for, for whatever reason um, or they're not in the right position at that point in time to be making an investment or a range of things. So, um, yeah, we're the first. We're the first, um, first in Australian sport, which is awesome, but I think others will follow at some point in time.
1: So you're effectively turning, um, you know, a sporting brand into a lifestyle brand. Would you say?
0: I think that we're still absolutely a football club. We're still that's the core of who we are, and we haven't rebranded legacy. Legacy remains um, legacy esports. One of the reasons we're attracted to them is in terms of brand power, which is a combined metric of brand awareness and and brand likability legacy was the, the highest in all of Australian esports and actually quite comparable in the 16 to 28-year-old age group to, um, to some of the leading AFL clubs, which was a surprise to people, particularly people yeah. that aren't young, people that are young and are, well, particularly under 30, that doesn't surprise them, but people over 30 are like, how is that possible? Yeah. yeah, look, I think not so much a lifestyle brand but an innovative and progressive brand that will always have football at its core but will do things that are adjacent to our core so long as they make sense in leveraging the strengths and capabilities of us as a business mm-hmm. and don't detract from football in any way, shape or form. In fact, need to contribute to football and, of course, to which there's limited reputational risk. It's really important for us to maintain our reputation as a, as a really good corporate citizen and a really, um, yeah, a good sporting brand.
2: Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, uh, that as a club that you, you are leading the way in all different sort of areas. What's exciting you most about what's what's to come for the Crows and, and the Adelaide Football Club? For innovation and for, for, for progressive
0: things to happen, sometimes you need the right culture at all levels. I feel that we've got a, a CEO that absolutely embraces innovation and absolutely embraces challenging the status quo. He's young and charismatic and, um, and, and wants to try new things. So... That excites me. That there's a culture within the organisation and 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 at board level as well, um, and then all through the organisation, people are keen to try new things. So culturally, I think that's the most exciting thing for mm. me. Uh, it's a, it's probably not the, the usual answer. All of the normal tech trends, I love it all. Love hearing about it all. Love um, what do they call them? Love what well, Facebook? It's the fanger. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, <laughs> and and Apple. Love what all of them are doing. Love what's happening in voice. Love what's happening in Artificial intelligence and data and machine love it all, um, but to me, they're inputs to a broader innovation pipeline, and all of that is meaningless. It's just an idea unless you've got that organisational desire and that organisational appetite, and you've actually got some some runs on the board. Um, and, and we've, you know, it's, it's not just esports that the Adelaide Football Club's
2: done that's considered innovative. I suppose. Mm. I think when you have that sort of environment where ideas can be expressed freely, it's so liberating in in that situation. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Safe to fail,
0: all of the standard buzzwords. Mm. I would absolutely, if anyone came to me with an idea or let's look at this or how will this work or I would never, ever say that's a bad idea. I would always say, hey, I either don't understand it or try and create some context around it for us or or build it out in a meaningful way for us. So um, you're right, it's it's liberating. It, It gives you the confidence. And I think you might try five different things um, and, and three of them won't work and one of them will perform spectacularly and, and one of them will, will tick along and um, I think that's the, the best way to improve, mm. improve a business, improve the customer experience or the, the supporter
1: experience. Mm. To find those things, how far do you take it out there when you're doing those brainstorms and you come up with you
0: know, the 200 different ideas? I mean, how crazy does it actually get? Everyone's got their unique experiences and their unique ideas and everyone follows different sports as well. Like, you know, the ideas can come from anywhere. They can come from defence, from, from um, agri, from media and technology, from, but often they come from sport because people that work in sporting clubs like sport. Mm-hmm. You've got you know, the NFL, the NBA, the World Surf League, new and emerging sports like CrossFit, they're all doing different things, so you get pretty wacky ideas. You know, only yesterday I was reading about automating um, content production, so software that you can buy that um, filters through images of the web and filters through sounds and then just creates content for you. And it's apparently it's quite compelling content. So you get lots of wild and wacky ones. That I think I'm less of a um, personally. If, if, if you had like innovation at one end of the spectrum. Then you had, say, strategy, then business improvement, then implementation. If if there was such thing as a linear spectrum like that, I put myself more in a in a strategy position. Hence the title, I suppose. Strategy with people that have the great ideas, the 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 true innovators, works quite nicely because then I, I feel like creating the framework as to how do we assess these ideas? Do they um, improve the well-being of our staff? Do they improve the our partners? Um, you know, the partner offering, offerings offerings. Um, do they support the retail business? Are they improving the match day experience? Um, all those types of things become elements in that filtering process, plus, what kind of investment is, is required? How mature is this technology? All, all those types of things. It, it takes what can be overwhelming into actually, here's the ones that we should be looking at. Um, and, and people generally, if they're along that story, don't get too upset, oh, I had this great idea, but I do get it. It's not really going to transform our businesses, and it? it's not the right thing for us to do at this point in time. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of any really wacky examples. Probably the one I just mentioned is, is, is one of those maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: well, it's really exciting having a
1: chat to you, Nick, and just understanding the degree to which innovation plays a part at the Adelaide Football Club. It seems that, you know, really the the future could be whatever you wanted to make it, as long as you you know continuing to engage with your fans and, and your members and, and have them help
0: you lead the way. Absolutely. So yeah, if, if any of the, the people listening to this, um, I know it's listened to in, a, in quite a few different countries now, uh, if you've got innovative ideas or things that you've seen in sports, reach out to me on in some way, shape or form. I've got a somewhat small online presence, but you can find me on LinkedIn and things like that and, and let me know. We, we, we'd love to, to consider everything and, and, and anything, obviously, like I mentioned, within the confines of those filters and also as guided more broadly, but we do have a corporate strategy and we do have, you know, we're talking specifically about innovation now and, and, and the exciting future, but we need to be uh, have the leading football program. We need to be commercially viable our members need to absolutely love their experience and have value for money and see us performing on the field. And, and, and of course, we need to have a leading media platform. They're, they're not negotiable, but they're not the focus of this discussion. So, <laughs> mm.
1: Well, great to hear you're so open to ideas. And Nick McArdle, General Manager of Strategy and Projects, thanks for joining us on the In Show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> It's all about innovation on The In Show. And if you know an innovator that we should have on the show, drop us a line at the theinshow.online. You can check
2: us out on Facebook and Twitter. Well, tomorrow's Friday, and you know that means it's Inspiration Day. So make sure you check out tomorrow's podcast on The In Show. That
0: was The In Show, presented by David Grice and Troy Simcock. News by Shannon Corfo and Claire Murphy. Music by Zach Grice. Produced by Jason Walker. The In Show, brought to you by Adelaide Smart City Studio.